Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello, everyone. This is Rosemary Coates, your host for this edition of Women in Manufacturing Podcast. I am the executive director of the Reshoring Institute, where we help companies bring back or expand their manufacturing to the U.S. And I also run a consulting firm called Blue Silk Consulting, where we help clients with global supply chain projects and where I also do expert witness work. On these podcasts, we interview accomplished women in business and ask them to share their experiences. We are looking for insights from women leaders. Today, I am delighted to welcome my guest, Cindy Maybrer. Cindy is the director of the Center for Supply Chain Excellence at St. Louis University. And I met Cindy a few years ago at an event I was speaking at in St. Louis, and the Reshoring Institute has been working with her ever since. She is a well-known entity throughout the U.S. for running an outstanding supply chain center that serves both the university and the community of Greater St. Louis. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you, Rosemary. I'm going to employ you to introduce me no matter where I go from here on out. I appreciate all the kind words. And as you said, we've been able to work together and partner on differing opportunities for, gosh, at least five, if not almost a decade now. And it's always been a pleasure. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one because we're, we're going to talk about a very important topic, and that is education for people entering the profession of supply chain and greater global manufacturing. So, Cindy, tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to run the Center for Supply Chain Excellence. Rosemary, it's a fun story, or at least I think it's a fun story. But like most people I meet in supply chain, I find that a lot of people don't start in supply chain. They either trip into it or fall upon it and then land there and stay forever. And my story is is much the same. I have spent most of my professional career in education tied to it in some way, shape, or form. I've taught classes from kindergarten through 12th grade. I've taught at St. Louis Community College at Merrimack. I've taught at St. Louis University in undergrad classes, and I've also hosted and taught within professional development opportunities throughout that career. Prior to SLU, I started at Washington University in the Office for International Students and Scholars while I was working on my master's degree as a returning adult. And just as, as an aside, I did my graduate studies on research of two areas in India on human trafficking, and I wanted to prove that there could be a way to break that cycle. So what I did is I turned the whole thing into a supply chain and I utilized the opportunities and the data there was to talk about the transport, the sale, the marketing of this peculiar and horrific institution and argued that the best way to break that supply chain and break that cycle was in procurement. So if you ever want to talk about that, it was a great opportunity to meet and talk with a, a lot of folks around the world who are working very hard against what is still an ongoing problem. Now, to get back off the negative conversation and, and to where we started, 
But while I was at WashU and working for the Office of International Students and Scholars, I was the liaison to all departments for those recruiting students and scholars, which meant I met everybody in the School of Engineering, the School of Social Work, the School of Education, and the School of Business. And it was in there that I came to know some of the folks who were interested in relaunching their Center for Supply Chain Excellence over at WashU. They invited me to come on board. Uh, I talked with a few folks and ended up loving it. Helped them relaunch their center in conjunction with their partners at Boeing, and then turned around and helped launch the Center for Customer Analytics and Big Data out of the Olin Business School as well. And as you know, Rosemary, supply chain is a very small world in St. Louis. So is education, manufacturing, and and so on. So it was there that I met a number of folks at SLU, and about five years into that role, found out that Dr. Ike Kwan, the founder of our center at SLU, was retiring, and they asked me to come in and speak with them. So we did that for about a year, met with their board members from Worldwide Tech, from Boeing, from Emerson, from Nestle, and so on, ended up thinking it was a great idea from both, both ends, and I took the position, and I have loved it ever since. Oh, fantastic. You know, you know, Cindy, I think a lot of our listeners probably never heard of these kinds of centers of excellence at universities. And, and there are many across the country, of course, I think SLU is one of the best. But can you sort of describe for us what what the center is and who, who your constituents are, who you serve? Absolutely. So our center specifically is all outward facing. We are all professional development, executive education, customized training, and so on. So even though our mission as the a center that's housed in the Chaffetz School of Business within St. Louis University is, of course, to further the, the, the mission, the education opportunities, and so on of the university in general, we are very corporate facing. Our, our board members, our companies, small and large, our center attendees into our programs are also from companies small to large. And it's not just your standard supply chain manufacturing folks. We work with companies like Ed Jones, for example, because they too have an internal supply chain. I've always sort of touted the idea that if you move money, information, people, goods, services, you have a supply chain. And there are still tools and theories behind that that you can use to be more successful and certainly more efficient in your in your everyday operations. So for us, we have this outward-facing capacity. We work with companies. We do this through enrollment in our in our particular certificate programs, our particular advanced learning and education and leadership opportunities, but we also provide customized training. And we work hand-in-hand with companies in and around St. Louis and also U.S. Transcom, Scott Air Force Base, and a number of organizations and agencies that we have here to partner with. But back to your question about supply chain centers, as much as I love to talk about ours, and I think I think we offer amazing opportunities, I will tell you that I am an advocate for anyone to reach out to any of their universities in their areas, whether you're on the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, North or South, your universities have a plethora of opportunities and ways that they can help you within manufacturing, within supply chain, operations, logistics, and so on. And these folks do a lot of what we do as well. And usually they do it either 
either free or for very low cost. Uh, nothing against the Booz Allen Hamiltons and the in the E and Y of the world, but universities can do a lot of really great things for you that other consultants can. But you're also not only getting a good price, but you're working with students as well, creating job opportunities, internship opportunities for your own companies and for the students. So there's a great deal of, I would say, positive advances to working with your local universities. So companies, manufacturing companies or supply chain people or procurement people essentially can come to the university and take classes, but the center also provides other learning experiences, right? I mean, like like some of the events that you put on, which are, I would say, partially social, but then they're also learning opportunities, right? A hundred percent, Rosemary. And I will say that for our center, especially everything we do has a very healthy marriage of the academic side and then the industry side. So for example, our integrated supply chain management certificate or our global operations and leadership certificate both have academics, instructors. So we teach theory, we teach teach case studies and so on. But we also have the industry experts that take that theory, take that academic background and use it as an applicability tool. So any of our attendees go back to their jobs, go back to their teams, go back to their superiors with immediate efficacy in what they've just learned. They can apply these tools, they can create an efficiency, they can monetize a system, they can they can fix, they can edit, they can modify in a positive way. So whether it's our programs and, as you said, our events, it's the same thing. With our day-long industry conference that we call Convergence every year, we have a mix of industry experts and, and instructors and academia that come together to talk about real-time problem sets, what's going on in that moment, what's top of mind, and it's really exciting to see. I will say that our Rooftop Speaker Series also does the same thing, but in a much more casual, much more happy hour kind of way. And also we take the opportunity to showcase and highlight the really unique and and clever spaces we have here in the St. Louis city and county for people to go visit and so on. Plus, when you're at Urban Chestnut, we get to talk about their supply chain. When we're at Schlafly, we get to talk about their supply chain and sample their wares. So everybody wins. That's fantastic. So I've been to the Rooftop Series and also to your annual event, actually spoken at both of them. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, it's, it's to me, it's so rewarding to have an environment where you've got both academics that can provide some, some kind of sort of strategic context to what you're talking about, as well as the industry practitioners who say, yeah, you know, that's the concept, but here's how we execute. It's just kind of a unique combination. You know, so many companies and people and companies go to conferences where they're presenting to one another, or you get, you know, leaders or presenters from industry and and that's it. In your conferences, though, and I think this is true for centers across the country, they provide education in a different way, in a different context. And then also in association with the university, to me, the standards are higher. So usually the speakers are better. The things that you talk about are more interesting and and so forth. So really, really valuable education. We know that an awful lot of, uh, while, while we have relatively high unemployment, an awful lot of people who are unemployed don't have the skills 
to fill those jobs in manufacturing. And as I'm sure you know, there's lots of shortages in manufacturing jobs around the country, around the world perhaps, but you know, there's a gap in educating and, and training people for uh, the specific jobs that are available. So, you know, this is a really great way to fill that gap. It is, Rosemary. And this is where my, my personal and my professional opinions on some of these things collide and hopefully in a, in a good way. But I do love, so we partner also not just with uh, local organizations like the CSEMP or St. Louis Makes and, and some of those folks, which, again, also offer great opportunities for education, certifications, and so on. But we also are taking a look at, at what some of our fellow universities are doing. So if you look over at Rankin Technical College, I've been watching them for the last two decades and what Stan Schoen and Dan Caney and their leadership team over there has done to provide that same sort of company, apprenticeship, company training, specific job training in manufacturing, tool and die, distribution, warehousing, trucking, et cetera. But they take that undergraduate education to the companies. It's it's amazing what they're doing out there. You talk about what some other universities like Maryville University and a plug here for our rooftop event coming up on October 29. He's going to be one of our panelists, but he's the president out there and he's taking a look at what education is going to look up, look like not just this year or next year, but five years from now. And he's really being the outstanding vocalist to talk about how four-year institutions really need to think about what we offer, why we offer it, and what does that look like. So taking a step back, as much as I love this, I will always be a huge proponent of a core curriculum, a four-year degree Again, this is my personal opinion. Everyone should take a civics class. Everyone should understand American history, world history, world religions, and so on. So you can never get away from that overarching global perspective on education. That being said, there is a need to have more applicable skills when you graduate. Sometimes the Bachelor of Science in Business is great, but can you add a little bit more? Is there some training that we can do? And also, not everybody needs the four-year degree or the two-year degree. And I realize right now there, there are people at all four-year institutions thinking I'm blaspheming, but I'm really not. I'm advocating for both. There's, there is an education opportunity for everyone. And somebody wants a four-year degree, and it's perfect for them. A master's degree, it's perfect for them. But somebody else wants specific training in a specific skill set. And I think that we universities can provide those as well. And there's examples of that going on right now. Yeah, you know, when I look at the landscape of manufacturing, you know, it's really changed over the last 25 years. So we've gone from, you know, a lot of us, well, let's say 50 years, a lot of assembly work and dirty work and that kind of thing to the manufacturing profile today, which is likely to be multicultural, global, and requires different kind of skills like use of a computer. Here's another one that I love, how to write, business writing. Yes. Because even though you may not be writing, you know, white papers or that sort of thing, you're going to be writing emails. And man, you better learn how to how to put a sentence together. I think communication skills are, are really important as well as basic mathematics. There's an awful lot of math in, in the manufacturing environment. There's certainly geometry, there's angles and 
corners and things that that are mathematics related that people don't think about, a lot of calculation. But there's also computerized issues. So, you know, if you're running a robot, you need to know how to program that robot or a machine tool. You need to know how to program it. So the the skill level in the last, you know, 20 years or so has really changed in terms of manufacturing. So, you know, it's really nice to hear that there is a complete profile of education from elementary school up through high school, through community college and to the university level that focuses on a broad range of skills. So, you know, it was interesting that you mentioned religious or culture and studying world culture and world religions. Wow, I hadn't thought about that, but you know, that makes perfect sense to me when you're dealing in a global environment that you would learn that. It does. There's a there's a book by a woman named Erin Meyer called The Cultural Map, and she talks about when you are working in a global environment, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's finance, whatever it is, we are a global world now. Just, we can't get away from that. But when you're talking with people, whether it's behavioral skills, communication skills, if you don't take the time to understand the folks that you're dealing with, things can get misconstrued. So in I would think in supply chain, especially having those communication skills is absolutely necessary going forward because there's no going back. We are we are a global world. That sounds redundant. It is redundant. We're, we're a global community now. But we can't expect everybody to talk and write and react and act just like we do. So it is in our best interest to, of course, polish ourselves, but be cognizant of the people, the countries, the climates that we're talking about and talking to, to get our supply chains more successful. I would tell you another passion with the center sponsors a number of initiatives as well. And one of the things that I've been touting for years now is I would love to see supply chain conversations starting in grade school, in middle school, in high school. I I cannot tell you that still to this day, there are people that are like supply chain, huh? I just learned about this right now because of toilet paper or yeast or flour or things like that. Or Lysol wipes. Yeah, right, right. On the one hand, that's great. We're in the news. But on the other hand, I am dismayed by that. So one of the things I, I piloted just to test the waters is I went to a local grade school on career day and I talked to third, fourth and fifth graders about supply chain and I entitled it milk from cow to cup. And I brought toys with me. I brought a cow. I bought a brought a tractor. Uh, I brought a train. I brought a bridge, uh, a Lego set. So we set up the supply chain that every every kid in that classroom was something. Somebody was the farmer. Somebody was the truck driver. Somebody was the weather. And then we used the actual supply chain words. We talked about transportation. We talked about warehouse. We talked about inventory. And for example, when the bad weather came, the child that was holding the bridge in the railway had to sit down. And I said, and what do we call this? And everybody said, disruption. And we talked about what that meant. And it was so much fun. But the thing is, they got it. Now, of course, you know, I mean, it's it's certainly self-serving because I sent them home with a whole bunch of uh, information about SLU and the Center for Supply Chain for their parents to look over. But that made me think that there is really no reason why we can't talk about professions 
as early as grade school yeah. and talk about these things that will fuel our, our country. The other initiative I'm, I'm trying to get underway is to talk to high school counselors to get in front of students who are in eighth and ninth grade, because as we all know, juniors and seniors in high school, they quote unquote, know everything already. But I want to talk to the eighth graders and the ninth graders about supply chain jobs and companies that they might think, oh my gosh, manufacturing, I'm going to have to put tires on cars and explain to them what manufacturing jobs actually look like, what these companies have to offer. And there's a lot of traction there. A lot of people that are interested. Then again, the pandemic came. So right now, there's a lot that's on hold. Yeah, I'm, I was going to ask you that too. So now with the pandemic, are you having in-person events or are you doing mostly via Zoom or some other way? So right now our center is all Zoom all the time. We made that pivot last spring when everyone else had to do And it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for us. So all of our programs were traditionally and have been in-house. So everybody comes to campus. They have the experience of campus uh, and so on. Our events, they're either on campus at SLU, our Convergence Conference, because it's grown so much. The last two years has been at the Two Hill Theater at UMSL. But yes, everything was in person. But we had always wondered if our programs could transfer to the virtual world. Would that would it transfer well? Would we get the attendance? And would we be able to to create that same really valuable learning environment with that peer-to-peer camaraderie and peer-to-peer learning as we do in in class? And the secondary question is could we bring in folks from outside of our bi-state region once we go virtual and live? And the answer to both those questions was a resounding yes, which we're very excited about. When we launched our fall integrated supply chain certificate program, we have representation from seven countries and six different states in the U.S., We launched our brand new Global Operations and Leadership Summit, a four-day intensive that focuses on the geopolitical climate of tariffs and trade, supply chain operations, transportation, and so on. We launched it brand new. We went all live and virtual, and we had 17 countries represented in that first cohort. The other thing we were able to do, and this is a testimony, and I'm incredibly grateful to our advisory board members, but because of COVID, with the launch of that program, we were able to offer full and partial scholarships for folks who had been furloughed or lost their job because of the pandemic. And that was an amazing experience. And I can't tell you how many recommendation letters I've been writing since then, because folks are using that experience, using that program and using the peer-to-peer network that they created to go out and look for other jobs. So I know it sounds very all pie in the sky and very, what would you call it, kind of Pollyanna, but we were really excited about this. We will still go back to in-class as soon as we can. Right now, SLU's mandate for folks who are not directly tied to undergrad or graduate is to stay off campus for a little bit longer. So we're we're essentially not allowed back on campus just yet, but we do hope to bring some of the in-person learning and training back come spring semester 2021. Wow, fantastic. So let's go from global, having global access down to St. Louis, greater St. Louis. Can you tell us a little bit about the area? Because I know St. Louis is, because it's geographically centered in the U.S., it's an attractive location for manufacturers. Can you tell us a little bit more about the whole area? 
100%. And this is where I'm going to use my tagline that I may be an expert on the education side, but the best part of my job is I don't have to be an expert in supply chain and manufacturing, but I get to walk around and hang out with experts in those fields. In regard to our St. Louis bi-state region, uh, as well as the St. Louis City County and the Missouri, Illinois side, there are so many incredible organizations and people who are working to develop our warehousing and distribution infrastructure, to who are looking to develop small to mid-sized manufacturing companies and so on. So we are lucky enough to partner with Tim Nowak and his team at the World Trade Center. We're lucky enough to support Mary Lamy with Bi-State Economic Development and her continuous march toward the improvement of infrastructure, roads, rails, river ports, and so on, on both the Missouri and the Illinois side. And all of these folks are having great successes. We also have organizations like St. Louis Make and Mark Bowers who are looking to shore up that small to mid-sized manufacturing space. Everything Jim McKelvey does turns to gold and he's turning around and putting that back into the St. Louis community. And recently I've been asked to join a task force to look at the state of manufacturing, but also the infrastructure that does and or needs to improve to support that growth and not just bring in the, the Amazon and the big companies, but help to support those small to mid-sized manufacturers that are here, that are on the ground, so when they scale, they don't leave. Working with Steve Johnson with the Alliance St. Louis Group, Chancellor Mark Wrighton over at Wash U. So there's a, a whole bunch of folks who are working in the same direction in tandem with those of us who are trying to provide that education for the individual employee, the individual professional, but also helping with the companies as a whole so we can keep them here and help them grow. It's very exciting. So with that kind of constituency, so all these manufacturers, large and small in the greater St. Louis area, how do you work with faculty to develop relevant supply chain curriculum? So how do you take what you hear from those companies and make sure that it's delivered to the faculty so they're actually teaching the things that are going to be appreciated and necessary for people that want to graduate and then go to work at these kind of manufacturing companies? So the good news with working with a lot of different faculty, not just at SLU, but from the Ohio State, Penn State, University of Tennessee, and so on, what we've done, especially and specifically at SLU, is we've gone to our supply chain educators and told them that if you want to bring in a guest speaker, we can do that for you. We've infused and, and we've established this relationship with them. So we'll bring in industry experts into their classrooms, just like we bring the academics into our professional development classrooms. And so we've taken that symbiotic relationship and, and turned it around. The other thing that we've done that instructors are beginning, and I wouldn't say beginning, have embraced but are really doing so of late is bringing in real-time problem sets that the undergraduate and graduate students can work on in class. So not just waiting for the capstone at the end of the MBA, but infusing that into the semester-long curriculum. So students, and not just supply chain students, but students in general in some of the business courses are working on real-time data points, real-time problems, and helping companies solve something. The way that I pitch that to the companies is there is no better way to vet an intern or a potential graduate for a job than to work with them on a problem set and liaise with them back and forth throughout the semester. So it's been a really nice opportunity for both companies and the university, but especially for the instructors, because now they're infusing into their, into their curriculum 
real-time opportunities, which can, of course, lead to research, which can lead to case studies, which can lead to publications and so on. So I, I know that's a very general and, and very broad way of putting that, but it is really beneficial on a micro scale as well as a macro scale for all of us. Absolutely. You know, at the Reshoring Institute, as you know, we take interns. We've had a couple from SLU. And what we uh, do with the interns is we have them write either white papers or case studies about a case that's manufacturing or bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. And it's really, you you can see it in the students. It's very eye-opening for them. All of a sudden, the stuff that they've been learning in class kind of all comes together in a case study. So they learn about the strategy of the company as well as the tactics and how um, that strategy is executed. And I think, you know, we, we get brilliant feedback from our students and we know that they're learning and really appreciate an opportunity like that. So that's, that's just awesome. Yeah, what the Reshoring Institute does, I love what you've created there. And those those returns for the companies that work for you are just incredible. I mean, not only is it a marketing and a sell sheet tool, but they learn some pretty valuable things. And for the students, at least I know the student interns at SLU who have worked with you, they have enjoyed the heck out of that. And there is no better way to get real-time experience than to work with a company on on producing these kind of uh, folders that you create for them. It's it, a really neat thing. I think it's very cool. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a fun, fun time and environment to be teaching people and to drive, you know, the uptick in in skills and talent in the global manufacturing environment. It's really, it's really good. So thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy. I think it's been really enlightening. And I certainly hope that people who are listening in you have some ideas about uh, their local universities, probably contacting them and joining local centers if they have them or regional centers at universities that can provide this kind of business and industry education at a university level and really broaden the horizons for people in manufacturing. Thank you for having me, Rosemary. And, And to anyone who is listening, even if you are interested in working with another university or one of the organizations that I mentioned, uh, feel free to reach out anytime because I'm, I'm happy to make connections within our center, of course, but outside our center with all of these different partners and agencies that we have here in the St. Louis region. Awesome. Thank you. So, Cindy, can you give us your contact information so that people know how to contact you? Absolutely. So my email is cindy.mebrewer at slu.edu. So that's C-I-N-D-Y dot M-E-B-R-U-E-R at S-L-U dot E-D-U. And my cell, because I'm homebound, is the best way to text or call 314-403-6642. And I'm happy to help. So please feel free to reach out. Great. Thank you so much. So you can listen to more of these kinds of podcasts on Women and Manufacturing website, which is www.women, W-O-M-E-N-A-N-D-M-F-G, so womenandmfg.com. Uh, so that's our website. And you can reach me, Rosemary Coates, at rcoates, R-C-O-A-T-E-S, at reshoringinstitute.org and visit our website where we publish all of our research, including several case studies and uh, information about the great greater St. Louis area 
on our website at www.reshoringinstitute.org. And we publish all of our research. It's all downloadable and it's all free. So thank you very much for being with us today and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.